Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you would, please open with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 6, and I'm going to tell a story this morning, and probably, hopefully not going to take too long, and then at the end of this story, I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and we are going to sing one more song, because that was such an amazing worship set this morning. Mark, chapter 6, and starting with verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told them all things, both what they had done and what both what they had done and what they had taught. Let me read it from here. And he said to them, "Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat." But they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding cities and villages and buy for themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. He put them in ranks. And he took the bread and he took the fish and he lifted it to heaven. And he fed the multitude Has anybody ever heard this story before? Um, I have a picture of a painting here by Monet. I think it's Monet. Um, Beautiful picture. But the thing about this picture is when you kind of look at it, you could just look at it and kind of say, hmm, that's a nice picture. But the more you look at it, And the longer you look at it, and if we were there in whatever museum it is at now, we would begin to see all of the beauty of this painting, and it would begin to come more and more alive to us the more that we looked at it. We would see just how he blended the colors and the brush strokes, and how the colors blended, and how the sunset just looks so amazing the more and more that we look at it. Is anyone in here a chess player? Chess is a hard, amazing, wonderful game. And I am not good at it at all, but I like to uh, 
like to play the game and like to, to hear about all the strategies of chess. And chess is it's pretty simple. It's basically either, you know, you're trying to get their king and they're trying to get your king. And so I actually have a picture there of, there we go. And so this is the whole premise of the game of chess. And there's all these pieces on the board. There's rooks and pawns, and each piece can kind of play a different move. And they're all playing the moves to get the king. But what happens in the game of chess is you can tell when you start to play your opponent exactly what kind of player they are. Because rookie players will forget that the point of the game is to get the king. And what they'll do is they'll try to start protecting all of their other pieces. And so, man, they just took my rook, or they just took this or that. And so they kind of get scared, and so they spend their time trying to protect all these other pieces. And then a skilled chess player knows that as I'm taking out these other pieces, this isn't the point of the game, but the point of the game is I am setting this person up to take their king. So while they're focused on doing all of this other all of a sudden, they hear those words, checkmate. <laughs> like, what? What just happened? Then all of a sudden, they see how their opponent has just kind of sideswiped them and taking their king. Why? Because they lost focus on what was the most important thing. And see, the thing is, Scripture can be like this too. Sometimes we could read a story like this. We could read about Jesus taking the five loaves, or taking the bread and the, the fish and raising them up, and we've heard the story so many times that we begin the story with the end in mind. And so we've already had these thoughts about what the story is all about. But this story, like that painting and like the game of chess, the more you look at it and the more you stare at it, and if you were there at that moment and you didn't know the end game, there would be all different kinds of things inside of the story that would begin to come alive. It would begin to come real, and you would see, oh, wow, there's something more about this. So it starts off, and the, the apostles gathered to Jesus, and they told him all these things. And so the background of what's happening here is that Jesus has been going village to village, city to city, and he's been preaching the gospel. He's preaching the kingdom. He's been healing people. He's been, been praying for people. He's, I mean, you know, there's no cars, so he's doing this on foot. And then he gets the disciples together, and he sends them out into cities and villages. And so they're going out, and they're preaching the kingdom, and they're praying for the sick, and they're doing all these things. And so this is kind of the background of, of what's happening leading up to this. And so they come to Jesus, and at this point, they're tired. They've been doing a lot. Jesus and his disciples, man, they've, all these things that have been happening. And so Jesus says this, come aside and let's rest for a while. And so we are going to take a rest. Has anybody gotten so busy that they need time to take a break? Okay, I mean, maybe it's just me, you know. I love taking a break every once in a while. You get busy, you're doing this, you're doing that. Work is busy, your schedule's busy, the babies are crying. And okay, even Jesus says, let's take a break. So what do they do? They get on the boat. Taking a break on the boat is awesome. They get on the boat, but this is what it says what happens. They head to the other side, but the people, the people knew. And they outran the boat and met them on the other side. This is a miracle in itself. So in other words, 
if we leave here today and I get in my car and I go to the house and you guys outrun and meet me at my house, that's going to be pretty awesome. Now, I don't know how happy I'm going to be about that because after all, remember, these guys are tired and they're looking forward to going to this deserted place to take a rest, to take a break. How many of you just said, man, I just need to go take a break? But then whenever you go to take that break, one more thing happens. A group of people that need your help. Oh, one more phone call, one more disaster, one more this. And it seems like, man, this break is never going to happen. So maybe, just maybe, the disciples aren't as happy to see these people as maybe they were just a few hours ago. Because after all, they're getting ready to head out on a little mini vacation. Because Jesus said, let's go, aset, go aside. Let's take a break. Let's take a rest. Only to be met with this group of people. And, but what does it say? It says Jesus was moved with compassion. And so he began to teach them again. And he's teaching them. And so the hour grows late. It's getting dark. And they see all of these people. And they didn't even have time to eat. So not only are they tired, but they're hungry. They're tired and they're hungry. And these people, they interrupted our vacation. And we were supposed to be doing this, but now we're doing this. And we just finished teaching and preaching all these things. And now we're teaching and preaching again. Jesus, can you not send these people away so that they can go get for themselves something to eat? I understand exactly what they're saying. We've all had those moments where we're just kind of like, this is it. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Great question. And if I was there, I would respond exactly like the disciples. Uh, We ourselves don't have anything to eat. We ourselves are hungry. How are we supposed to feed them? And they're basically asking, well, how do we do the impossible? How do we feed the hungry when we are hungry? How do we pray for the sick when we are sick? How do we give when we ourselves are broke? How do we step out in faith when you're talking about faith like mountains and all it feels like is I have faith like a mustard seed? And Jesus, you're telling me to go and feed these people. I am spent. The days have been long. We've been traveling. All of these things in my life have been going on, and we were supposed to be taking a break. And Jesus says, you go feed them. And then something interesting happens. He says, well, well, what are we supposed to do? What do we have? And Jesus says, well, show me what you do have. Well, we've, we found this. We found some bread. We found some fish. And what does Jesus do? He lifts, his up, he lifts it up to God and gives it to him. He takes that bread, takes that fish, and he gives it to God. I think in moments like this, when, it, when we feel like we are just depleted, when everything that we have is gone, we just can't go another step when we're tired, when we're hungry, are we just giving it to God? Are we just saying, okay, God, here, it's yours. It's a hard thing to do sometimes. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Lucas, I, I've heard this all before, that we just have to give it to God. Um, I totally understand that. Turn with me uh, one page over to Mark chapter 8. And in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, 
Again, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitudes. Again, because they have now continued with me for three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then the disciples answered him and said, How can one satisfy these people with bread in the wilderness? So here we go, the exact same situation all over again. The disciples are asking the same question all over again. Jesus is doing the same thing all over again. He is having compassion on the people, and the people are hungry. And the disciples have nothing to give. And Jesus says, I'm going to teach you this lesson again. What do you have? Gather me some more bread. Gather me some more fish. And he takes it, and he puts it in heaven. And multiplies, and this time he feeds 4,000. Same lesson. Oh, I know I've heard this all over. I've heard this before. Well, so did the disciples. And it continues again. Still in chapter 8, in verse 13, And he left them, and getting into the boat, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the entire boat. Then he charged them, saying, Jesus saying this, Take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. For they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is it because we have no bread? Is that why Jesus is saying this? And Jesus, being aware of it, why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not understand yet? Do you not remember what has just happened? We were in the wilderness with nothing and I fed 5,000. We were in the wilderness with nothing and we fed 4,000. We are on a boat and there's just a few of us. Do you not think that I could take this one loaf of bread and feed you guys? <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. And to which the disciples are like, uh, we've heard this before, but apparently we're not getting it. And so Jesus says, having eyes do you not see, having ears do you not hear, do you not remember when I broke the five and fed the five thousands? Then he asks this question, how many baskets full of fragments did I take up? Twelve. Well, they remembered how many was left over. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousands, how many large baskets, not just baskets, but large baskets full of fragments did you take up? Seven. And so Jesus says, how do you not understand? It's really easy to judge the disciples here and be like, because dude, it's obvious. How many times in our own life is the exact same thing happening? How many times do we go through and hear the exact same lesson over and over and over? And sometimes Jesus is just saying, how do you not understand? It's a good question. So maybe if we're not understanding something, maybe a good question to Jesus would be, well, Jesus, what are you trying to teach us? Maybe there's something more here that you're trying to teach us. And Jesus asked these questions. And, and I, I just got to thinking about this. You know, they're in the wilderness. They're in a deserted place. 
and they're hungry, there's no food. But yet it says at the end of all this that they took up all these large baskets full of leftovers. So the question naturalizes, well, where did the baskets come from? I mean, you're in a desert place. Do people just, like, walk around with baskets, like, back then? Was it, like, the cool thing to, like, hey, what you doing just hanging out with my basket, you know? <laughs> just thought I'd take a stroll with Jesus with my basket. But no, they had, like, 12 leftover baskets. So, like, where did the baskets come from? And so the disciples, forgetting the entire lesson, but they remembered the leftovers. So just like at my house, I always remember the leftovers because that's lunch the next day because that's the good stuff. But yet they forget to take some on the boat, but they remembered the number. There was 12 baskets the first time. There was seven baskets the next time. Jesus, what are you saying to me? Could it be? Um, on a little side note before we get there, uh, the number 12 and the number 7. 12 oftentimes in the Bible, would be used to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. So whenever they were building uh, monuments, whenever they were setting up altars, oftentimes they would take 12 stones, and these 12 stones would represent the 12 tribes. And so they would build these monuments, they would offer these sacrifices. The 12 often represented the whole family, everybody inside of the kingdom, everybody with God. And then seven... Um, is the number of completion. And on the seventh day, uh, the work was completed and God rested. And there was rest. And here we find the disciples are wore out and they're looking for rest. And Jesus asks them these questions and he's saying, why is it that you do not understand how many baskets there was 12 and there were seven? Could it be that he's kind of saying, do you not know that I take care of of the whole family. No matter how many of them are there, whether it's 5,000 or 4,000, and no matter whatever it is, if you get it to give it to God, I will take it and I will multiply it and I will take care of all of your needs, the whole family, and only I will give you that rest that you are looking for. But you got to come empty. And see, how many times are we just like these disciples and we have our baskets of life and we have everything and and they're empty and they're depleted because we've been working hard and we've been doing all of these different things and then we spend all of our time trying to fill the baskets. If I just work a little bit harder, I could put some more fish in the baskets. If I just pray some more, if I just do some more good acts of service, if I could just do this and this and this, I can feel my basket and then I can be complete and then I can have rest. But yet time after time again when we try to do that, our baskets remain empty and Jesus is saying, if you're looking for rest, if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for all of your needs to be met, there's only one way, give it to God. Lift it up to him, and he will multiply what you already have. And he says this, though, when they're debating uh, on whether or not, oh, is he saying this because we forgot the bread and we only have one? And Jesus says this, it's very interesting. Be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. Why does he say that? Because what is the leaven of the Pharisees? The leaven of the Pharisees says this, everything that you do to fill your basket is based upon your works. 
So in other words, if you want to get closer to God, you've got to do this, you've got to do A, B, C, and D, and that's how you will fill your basket. That is the leaven of the Pharisees. That's something that you can do to earn God's favor, to earn God's rest, to earn God's love. And we're all empty baskets. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. How many times in our life are we tired and weary? Could it be because we are trying to fill our own basket? Could it be that we're looking for that rest? We're looking for God to do something, but we've not yet lifted it up to him and just said, God, here it is. It's my life. It's empty. This is, this is all I got. Do what you will. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Lord, you ask the question, how is it that we do not understand? Lord, forgive me for seeing you come through time and time again in my life for seeing you provide time and time again. Forgive me for trying to do it myself. Forgive me for trying to take part of the leaven of the Pharisees and make it about my works. Lord, I just lift my basket to you and say, here I am, God. Do with me as you will. Lord, for all of us in here, even now at this moment, I'd ask that you bring to our memory if there's anything that we haven't given up to you. For those in here that, just like the disciples, are tired and worn out and they've been working hard, but it just seems like a a big never-ending circle that goes nowhere. Lord, if there's something that we're holding on to, bring it to our memory. Show us that thing that maybe we're trusting in a little bit more than you. Lord, may we not be so tired that we miss the miracles that are right in front of us. Lord, ultimately, you fill my life. Ultimately, you complete me. All 12 baskets complete the whole family, all of God's children, and rest, peace. When I try to take a vacation, and it seems like I come home and I need a vacation for my vacation, may I turn to you. May I find my rest in you. that for all of us.
guys so much. Hope that everyone in here has a wonderful week. Don't forget this Tuesday night at 6.30, memorial service for Miss Becky. Please be praying for the family. Also, there's going to be some people up here that would love to pray with you if you need anything at all. Have a great, great week. Bless the Lord, oh my soul.